This right here, consecration. Oof. On to, okay. We're going to move on to consecration, y'all. I got slides on this too, but you know, I got to show it at the end. Okay. So what is consecration? According to gotquestions.org, consecration is the separation of oneself from things that are unclean, especially anything that will contaminate one's relationship with a perfect God. Okay. Um, and consecration has the same connotation as sanctification, holiness, purification, purification, and circumcision. When I say circumcision, I'm not talking about physical circumcision. I'm talking about spiritual, the spiritual meaning or spiritual aspect behind it. And we're going to get into that. Okay. So the reason behind this lesson, um, I made this lesson back in January, early January. So I'll just speak what I wrote in here. In the beginning of January, this topic hit me hard. The topic of consecration. My mind was frolicking with uncleanness. Like it was, I got to the point where I was tired of casting down imaginations. I was tired of rebuking things. I was just so tired because the temptation was just coming fast and fast and fast and fast and fast. Even though I want to physically go do stuff, my mind is like, I just didn't want to fight it anymore. And one day I was in the shower in the morning and I was asking the most high why has the temptation been strong lately then what came to my mind was testing he is testing me and refining me into a vessel of honor to his own liking one thing I valued in the body of Christ was my mind be being perfect being being in perfect peace because the defilement of it made me ill one of the best things the most high has told me is what the heart is this topic opened me up to a lot of revelations and knowledge but it also has been taxing on my flesh because I'm held accountable for that knowledge. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. I believe a lot of us might know this one. This is where we say too much is given, much is required. You're held accountable for the knowledge and wisdom that he has given you. Okay, so that same judgment, he might judge you on, he might not judge it on somebody else because they don't have that knowledge. But if you have it, if you know it's sin, if you know it's sinful, you're held accountable for it. Okay, so scripture on consecration, Isaiah chapter one, verse 16 through 17. Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 35, verse two. I love this one. I love Isaiah too. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Psalm chapter 51, verse 10. A lot of us may know this one. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now we're going to jump to... Um, a little discussion. There's no doubt that the Most High exclaimed in his word, the exigency of purification. <sighs> okay, right. There's no doubt the Most High exclaimed in his word, the importance of purification or the importance of consecration. In a project that I'm working on, I broke down David's heartfelt prayer of repentance in Psalm chapter 51. The servant continued, thank y'all. Um, the servant continuously mentioned purification in his repentance. Why did David do that? Because David understood purification keeps you close to a pure God. I'm going to say that one more time. Purification keeps you close to a pure God. So a purity or a heart striving for purity keeps you close to a pure God. What doesn't? Impurity. Now we're going to go, we're going to dive into what is the spiritual aspect um, behind circumcision and uncircumcision, okay? I remember reading Exodus and I continued to see these words. I wondered, what is the spiritual meaning of this? Because there's always one. Therefore, I looked at what it meant. 
So uncircumcised, what the definition will say in the Hebrew Chaldee lexicon, it says similarly, Jeremiah chapter six, verse 10, their ears is quoting the scripture. Their ears closed with a foreskin foreskin and their uncircumcised heart into which divine precepts cannot penetrate. I'm going to continue on to regard as uncircumcised, for example, profane and pure. So we associate uncircumcised, the spiritual aspect behind uncircumcision is impurity is profane, is wickedness, is unrighteousness. That's the spiritual aspect behind uncircumcision. So now we're going to get into circumcision. Metaphorically, Deuteronomy chapter chapter 10, verse 16, it'll say, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, which means remove impure things from your mind. Next one, fearfully, Jeremiah chapter four, verse four, circumcise yourselves to Jehovah. For example, what it means, put away, all wickedness from your minds and consecrate yourselves to Jehovah. Now, after this, I finally understood circumcision and uncircumcision. The Most High is pleased with spiritual circumcision because it's the removal of impure and wicked things in your heart. That's circumcision. However, he is displeased with uncircumcision, keeping the impure and wicked things of the heart. So, so I like to be like we're in class or whatever. What does the most high love y'all? Does he love circumcision or does he love uncircumcision? Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> Thank you. Cause circumcision is removing. Cause think about it in physical. It removes the foreskin of an individual, right? Okay. Spiritually, it's the removal of impure and wicked things. Circumcision is what the most high loves. He wants you to have a circumcised heart. Uncircumcision is keeping the impure and wicked things. Okay. So we're going to continue on the heart soul and mind. Okay. It seems everything always comes back to the heart. Why? Yes. Um, it seems everything always comes back to the heart. Why? The heart is the basis, starting point, foundation, point of departure, meaning where our thoughts, our thoughts leave and turn into actions with any man or woman. They have a free will and a choice a will to do whatever they please. They could do righteousness or do unrighteousness. They could follow the commandments of Christ or disobey his commandments. The most high focus is on the heart. Pay attention to this. The most high focus is on the heart because this is where seeds of righteousness or unrighteousness can be birthed. Once those seeds flourish, if not plucked, they'll bear fruit, which is an action. The most high desires righteous fruit from us, but he despises evil fruit. So what is the heart? The heart is the central or the century and seat of spiritual life. It is the soul or mind. So the heart, soul, and mind, they're one. They're the same thing. The heart is the soul or mind as it is the fountain and seat of the thoughts, passions, desires, affections, purposes, and endeavors. In short, the heart is composed of your emotions, intellect, thoughts, and will. Do you now understand why the most high wants your heart? What's the first greatest commandment? Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. And Jesus said unto them, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Why is there emphasis on a renewed heart? 
Genesis chapter 8, verse 21. Let's read it. I'm just going to read a section out of it. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Imagination means thoughts. So the thoughts of the man's heart is evil from his youth. This is the most high actually saying that he said that he was saying that during like the flood back in um, Noah's day. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse nine. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Hi, Kiana and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Remember, I said this, the most high desires righteous fruit. In order to produce it, you must yield your heart to him in full submission. The heart of man is innately deceitful and desperately wicked. It's in direct opposition of the most high. This is the importance of consecration because a defying and defiled heart cannot please the most high. Romans chapter eight, verse seven, because the carnal mind, remember the mind, the heart and soul, they're one, they're the same thing. So it's still saying carnal heart, but because the carnal mind is enmity, that means it's against, it goes against, it's enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So the next topic is the born again believer. The Holy Spirit redeemed your spirit and made it holy. No doubt about that. If you confess your sins to him and ask for your um, for his forgiveness. Okay. The Holy Spirit redeemed your spirit and made it holy. Your spirit is now eligible to enter into the kingdom of God, but just how one can lose eligibility and qualifications in the world. So it is spiritually. When we receive the Holy Spirit inside of our temples, we did not lose our free will. We, we gained the helper, the Holy Spirit to help us choose what pleases him, but we still have the choice to follow him or not. Remember where free will happens. What free will, where's your will and choice? Is in the mind. The most high died for your spirit. The soul and spirit are not the same things, okay? So you still have your soul. You still have your mind where you can make choices. You can make your, you have your own free will, okay? So he redeemed your spirit. He made it holy. But now we're trying to consecrate and sanctify your mind, okay? Because that's the thing that determines what you will do. Will you continue on in Christ or will you later on depart from Christ? This is an important thing. Okay, so the next thing is guarding our hearts. Yes, heaven. Next thing is guarding our hearts. This is why since the days of old, the spirit has stretched through vessels to guard their heart. Proverbs, good evening, Sister Tan. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, King James Version. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. But we're going to read an expanded version. Please hear this. Be careful what you think. Above all that you guard, protect your heart because your thoughts run your life. I'm going to say that one more time and I'm not going to read in the brackets. I'm just going to read the words. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. When I read that and expanded, because I always read in King James, I was like, whoa, this is absolutely true. And this is when you hear that, it makes you think about what Paul was saying. I think it might have been in Philippians that we should have the mind of Christ or anything that's pure, anything that's righteous, anything that's um, that has good morals. Mind that mind those things. Because those thoughts will control our life. But before I get too excited, let me continue on. The importance of guarding our heart. I compare the heart as a garden. The eyes, the eyes, the eyes and ears. Yes, Sister Tan. The eyes and ears are the gateways into the garden of our hearts. What we watch and, and what we listen to are seeds being planted into the garden of our hearts. If we continue to watch and listen to wicked things, the seed will be watered. Then it will take root, then shoot. And finally, it will bear fruit in our lives. 
Now, continue on. The seed in our hearts play a part in our purification and sanctification of our minds, which is still consecration. We can do all the reading and praying we want, but if we do not bear righteous fruit, the heart will still be defiled. Take the word, the seed, and plant it in the garden of your heart. Make sure you water your garden by continuing in the word. But most importantly, most importantly, okay, because this goes back to James chapter 122. Most importantly, bear the fruit. That means you bear the fruit by doing the word. Remember James chapter, I think it's James chapter one, verse 22, when James was saying, do not be merely listeners. Don't just hear the word of God, but be ye doers. So that's why I say you could do all the reading you want. You could do all the praying you want. But if you don't make that choice, if you don't use your free will to actually do righteousness, it's in vain. Make sure you're bearing fruit. Make sure you're doing Okay. Next thing is just some refinement scripture that I put in here. Um, Psalm chapter 12, verse six, it says the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a fireness of earth purified seven times. And I put this in here because it says the words of the Lord are, are pure words, right? So this is, this, this is the words of the most high, right? Allow his word to purify you. Meditate and study on this. Let the word of God replace your heart. I said this before. I did a TikTok about this. Let the word of God replace your heart. Because we know that in our heart, right, that's where we have our emotions. That's when we have our intellect. That's where we have our will, right? Allow the word of God to replace your thoughts. Because we know our hearts are, remember, they're deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So we don't want those thoughts. We want to circumcise those thoughts, right? So we want to have a circumcised heart. We want to remove those impure and wicked things. So we need to mind and meditate on the word of God. That means then our thoughts will be pure and they'll be holy and they'll be righteous. But remember Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. That means pure, holy and righteous thoughts will run my life. And guess what? Those are seeds in my heart. That means I will bear, I will bear those righteous fruit. So it always goes back to the heart. It always goes back to the heart. That's what the most high has stressed to me so many times. But let me continue on with the scripture. First John chapter three, verse three, expanded version. And all who have this hope in Christ, him, keep themselves pure. Keep themselves pure just as Christ as Christ is pure. Keep themselves pure as Christ is pure. And it made, it made me think of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. All throughout, I said this before, it's a video that I haven't posted. All throughout the word of God from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the very thing that's always stressed is holiness. Holiness. Holiness, repentance, those two things, those are things that are constant from Old Testament to New Testament. Even though that the, you know, the covenants may have changed, those two things, those two bases, those two found foundational stones have not changed. He still wants you to be holy. He still wants you to live a repentant lifestyle. Oh, that was great about how to control our thoughts. Oh, it goes back to that second Corinthians chapter 10 verse Verse five, girl, we about to go to it. Yeah, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted it. I'm butchering this. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Jesus or obedience of Christ, right? And this is one thing, girl, I'm be liking to call it preaching because I've been associate the term preaching with pastor and I ain't no pastor. I'm just sharing the word of God. Amen, amen. Just like you can do, but only if he tell you to do it, of course, because everybody should be teaching it. But still, um, this is one thing I used to struggle with. 
them casting down the imaginations. Like I said, the reason the the the, the lesson or the the oomph, the, the motivation for doing this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, doing this lesson was because I was tired of casting down the imaginations. I get I was getting so tired. I was getting so tired. I'm tired. Like, it's like the thoughts be coming. And my thoughts be like a it's like a treadmill, 100 miles per hour. I'm like, man, look, it's just gonna have to be there. It's just going to have to be, <laughs> that's the point I was getting at. And I know the most high wasn't pleased, but I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired of casting down, rebuking this. And because also I'm a person that came out of maladaptive daydreaming. I did something, I did a um, teaching video and playlist on TikTok and on YouTube on that. It's like, bro, I can't win. <laughs> but it's not that I can't win. I can win through Christ, you know, I can do all things. Through Christ, which strengthens me, you know, let's use that scripture in context, not about sports. But, um, yeah, I was I, I was tired of casting down imaginations. But sometimes it's like you got to keep fighting. Don't grow weary. What is it? Galatians 6. Oh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not be weary and well doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I was fainting and I was weary. <laughs> yes, I was. You're so welcome, Heaven. Thank you, Adele. Um, yeah, that's it was it was something. It was something, y'all. 